I felt the coldness expand as if it were pushing against us, seeing if we'd stop. We chanted the incantation louder. The room felt colder. Over and over we chanted. We were in a rhythm, our energies joined and working in unison. Then in what felt like a swish, the dark entity exited the open window. The lead witch quickly moved over there, closed it, and then sealed it by saying a different incantation and using the sage to draw a smoky pentagram in the air over the space. You've entered into the world of alternate realities. Here, paradigms are shifted, minds are blown, and veils are lifted. Actual supernatural experiences are brought to life through storytelling by the people who experience them. Welcome to Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant, where the esoteric is explored and consciousness is expanded. Visit adventuresinmysticism.com to further your spiritual development through Leia's latest offerings. And now we continue with this episode's mystical adventure. I was working as a marketing manager in a corporation, and the temp invited me to lunch one day. She'd been a longtime temp, so I was expecting friendly chit-chat and maybe some conversation on if I'd support her being a full-time permanent assistant for our team. I definitely would have. She'd been great so far. The temp and I walked to one of our typical lunch places. The office was downtown, and so there were a lot of choices within walking distance. We got settled into a booth made some idle chit-chat, then ordered, and I was ready for phase two, the hiring conversation. But what she asked me was not related to that at all. It had to do with witches and witchcraft. Before I go deeper into this story, let me give you some background. As a young child, I wasn't allowed to watch much TV but my mom would let my sister and I watch really old reruns. I liked Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. The idea that Samantha and Jeannie could wiggle their noses and the broom vacuum and duster would clean the house for them, or that they could snap their fingers and be changed into another outfit or be in a totally new location were superpowers I found pretty amazing. Granted, Jeannie was a 2,000-year-old genie out of a bottle, but her powers seemed very similar to bewitch Samantha's, so my child brain put them in the same category. Between these two shows, my early programming around women having magical powers was that they were positive, and being special in that way was fun and fabulous. I'd always known that the church was not so fond of them, and I was aware of there being bad witches too. I mean, I saw the Wizard of Oz as a kid also. By the time I met up with the temp in my early 20s, 
my general feel was that witches were like most anything in this world. There was the high vibration interpretation of it, and there was the low vibration interpretation. The person engaging in the activity could decide which vibration they would be in with it, as long as they were conscious enough to discern the difference. Now back to our lunch. The blonde temp sat across from me. She seemed a little nervous, but wasn't overtly showing it. I could just sense it. Can I ask you a non-work question? She said tentatively. I answered without hesitation. Of course. She looked me in the eyes, took a deep breath and asked, would you like to be our West Witch? Her green eyes sparkled as she made the suggestion. And as the words left her lips, they seemed to empower her mouth into a thin smile. I tilted my head and made a bit of a quizzical face. That was not enough information for me to be able to give her an answer. She picked up on my physical cues and continued. I lead a white witch coven. We run women's circles, perform house blessings, cast love spells, clear houses, things like that. I know your birthday is in December. You are a fire sign. And her voice dropped a bit. You are a witch. She paused and carefully watched my face for a reaction. I gave her a slight smile, almost a smirk, to convey neither agreement nor denial. After all, I had wondered if I was a witch. If not presently, I certainly felt that in one of my past lives, I had to have been because I was drawn to the shows I was and had an easy acceptance of witches. She continued, we have asked that a West sister be brought to us and we keep seeing you. Would you like to be our West witch? I heard myself saying yes still without knowing what I was really saying yes to. It seemed like a pretty cool invitation, though. I would get to play. Well, the first thing I learned is you do not play witch. You are working with actual elements, and spells are real, with a capital R. More on that later in the story. My first event with the coven was a private ceremony inducting me. To preserve confidentiality, I will skip the details of that evening, but will say it was very sacred and I felt honored and seen in a way that I had not been in my life so far. It was evident to me that this group of women were very special and gifted. There was a specific schedule of meetings, some were just us. But the full moon circles, solstice, and equinox events, we opened up to other women. As the others in the coven had been working together for a while, I initially just held the space for the West and the fire element while my witch sisters performed the spells and rituals and used the herbs and potions they had made. I observed and noticed that I could feel the shifting of energy 
from before, then during, and then after a spell or ritual. They called upon the energies of the elements, Mother Earth, the moon, the trees, and some others when their energy was required. From my perspective, we were working with nature and its energies. At the time, that felt like it was coming from a completely organic place. There was no worshiping of Satan, calling in the dark Lord, raising people from the dead to do our bidding, or animal sacrifices. Soon, I went from observing to being taught how to write spells, create potions, set up my altar, and, you know, other important witchy things. Monthly, we held a full moon circle for any women. These would consist of circles sharing and at least one spell or ritual, as well as a potluck meal with socializing. I could feel many of the attendees be healed through the practices we did. Sometimes we were asked to do house clearings. The first one I did with the coven was for the house my fiance and I were living in at the time. We were just renting and didn't know anything about the history of the house. All four of us began slowly walking through the house to get a feel for its energy. We walked through together twice and then shared what each of us noticed. All of us had picked up on a corner of the master bedroom that felt colder than the rest of the room. When we stood in that space, I also felt uncomfortable. I couldn't say quite why. It's not like I could see something. However, that part of the room made you want to move out of it. We chose the incantation we would use, lit a fresh bunch of sage, cracked the nearest window. You do this to allow any spirits to easily have passage out and then made a circle around the area. We opened the circle by calling in the directions and elements to support us. We stated our intention, and then we began the incantation. I felt the coldness expand as if it were pushing against us, seeing if we would stop. We responded by chanting the incantation louder. The room felt colder. Over and over we chanted. We were in a rhythm, our energies joined and working in unison. Then, in what felt like a swish, the dark energy exited the open window. The lead witch quickly moved to that area, closed the window, and then sealed it by saying a different incantation and using the sage to draw a smoky pentagram in the air over the space. We moved to all the rooms of the house and repeated the sealing incantation with each outside door and window, and then finished by drawing one toward the ceiling and another toward the floor. The house was filled with sweet, tangy sage scent. Then we gathered in the living room, again forming a circle, 
and performed a house blessing ritual that involved all four elements, some herbs, and some flower petals. All were meticulously combined in a brass bowl ritualistically. The concoction was then ceremoniously poured across the front threshold, and then the bowl went back on my altar. To complete, we thanked the energies that assisted with the clearing and blessing and closed the circle. That part of the bedroom felt fabulous after that. In the few more house clearings I was involved in while in the coven, we moved along small-time poltergeists and not-that-powerful dark energies, just as we had done at my house. Sometimes people only wanted the house blessed, which was more of a celebration of the space, utilizing flowers and certain herbs to anchor positive energies in the homes and including whomever the homeowner wished to invite. Doing all of these circles and clearings felt very natural to me, as though I had done them many times before. I don't recall ever even feeling fearful. Now, I will admit the spells were the most fascinating to me. We had spells for making more money, for attracting love, for happiness, for fertility. While we were very careful to follow all the steps and the spells we cast, I honestly don't remember any of them manifesting. I believe it's because one line we would always include on our spells, which was, if it is aligned with divine will and the wills of those involved. Basically, we intentionally were not overriding anyone's free will or messing with the divine order. There can be consequences to that, and I'm grateful the head witch knew enough and had the wisdom to make sure we did not sell our souls, so to speak. Magic can override free will, and sometimes, if it's powerful enough, mess with the divine order, which is why I don't play witch or take spellcasting lightly. Also, we did not ever put curses on anyone. I was taught that this was because any spell you cast that would or could do harm to someone would initiate the energy of what you cast to come back to you tenfold. There is a belief that this works in the positive and the negative. I wasn't brave enough to test it out. Two and a half years after the invitation lunch with the temp, My fiance got transferred to another state school and so ended my time with the coven. While I really enjoyed my experiences with them, I didn't feel compelled to seek out another after we moved. That chapter felt complete. Thank you for tuning in. Next episode, I'll share my adventures with a little worm on a hot day, some daisies, and a bunch of trees. Until then, remember that your spiritual journey is a supernatural adventure in and of itself. Enjoy the unfolding and embrace the unknown. Thank you for joining today's Adventures in Mysticism with Leah Grant. To go on more journeys with Leah, subscribe now. 
to step more fully into your spiritual role of bringing about a positive high-frequency future for humanity, visit adventuresinmysticism.com.